this thing working? Give me some sound over here. Yeah. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Hell State Baseball goes on the road, takes two or three from LSU. And uh, the question or questions continue. What is the future for Chris Lamonis and the baseball program as they have struggled the last couple of years? We are the Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone, driven by Fleetway Market, and there are over 20 locations in Mississippi. We welcome in Charlie Winfield, Hell State Baseball Insider, also heads up the Bulldog Initiative, the NIL Collective. Um, and he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Charlie, uh, good morning. Do you believe that Chris Lamonis will be brought back for 2024? You know, John Cohen, when you would interview him, Bo, used to give a laugh when he wanted to avoid your question. Yes, he did. And then kind of give the <laughs> oh, um, so maybe I should insert that. Um, yes, I do believe Chris Lamonis will be back. And I think you saw a couple of reasons that that is true. Um, number one, despite what uh, what people would say, I think we saw this weekend, this team hasn't quit. Uh, this team is young. It's a team that has to get better. But if you can take a step back, look, is the big picture of the season, is it something that anybody's happy with? No, of course not. But what you are seeing is a team that's bought in. You're seeing a team with a lot of young talent. And uh, that young talent was the difference in winning the ball game yesterday. So I think there's a lot of reasons uh, that Chris Lamonis will be back. I think, but I'd say two things. First, we know that Chris Lamonis can win when the talent is in place. We've seen him do it. We've seen multiple trips to Omaha. We saw a promising season cut short. And so then the question becomes, can you improve what you have, and can you get the talent you need? In today's world, getting talent is easier than it's ever been uh, if, you, if you're willing to commit to it. Now, you got to evaluate right. Um, and then can you improve what you have? And I think what you saw yesterday was a lot of young guys carry Mississippi State to a win that are improving. Okay, Charlie Winfield, head of the Bulldog Initiative on the Out of Bounds show. He'll be involved in a lot of what he just rolled out over the next uh, 30 to 60 days, but he's not sure exactly what way, you know, how that will look. Let So you're right on, on the young talent. Um, and it, is it crazy to say they're not that far off, even though their record is terrible? No, it's not crazy at all. This comes down to one thing. When Mississippi State throws strikes, it wins ball games. Um, and the other thing that you're seeing, look at LSU, the team that was supposed to be the Arkansas of 21 or the Tennessee of 22, the next great thing. There is a strike-throwing epidemic right now in college baseball. I mean, LSU just blew a game yesterday because they didn't have a bullpen. And so I'd say we're not alone. The difference is they got some pretty good guys in front. Um, but, but here's what I look at. Um, Look at this past weekend, and you start to say, okay, where are you, and why do you think it can get better? Look at David Mershon. That's a guy that wasn't playing. He was injured. He was a freshman. And in the ball game on Saturday, he goes two for four. He goes four for five yesterday. When you add in his three walks, in those two ball games, he was on base nine of 12 times he came to the plate. And you look at a Hunter Hines. The player you have back. You look at Dakota Jordan, who went three for five yesterday. 
had a hit the day before. You know, Amani Larry, a guy who played well for you this weekend. And then I look at Tyler Davis, a young pitcher who, look, struggled, struggled bad early in the season. And yesterday he gives you four innings, allows two hits, doesn't give up a run. And, you know, it's it's easy not to want to believe that the talent you have can get better. I think back, and you'll remember this well, Jared Liebelt. In 2018, Jared Liebelt was a danger to himself and anybody in the first six rows of the stands when he took them out. Good point. Okay. In 2019, the guy was dominant. And you say, well, what is it? You know, he gave up. He walked as many in 13 innings as he did in 54 the next year. Wow. Um, and so you say, well, what, what's going on there? Sometimes it's a big, big jump to come from a smaller place and to stand on that mound and to look around and say, oh, boy. What have I gotten myself into? And so I tell people, it's re- we, we kind of live in this world now where we forget that guys can get better. And it's easy to That's think true. cases where people haven't. Um, but I'm seeing some guys get better. Okay. Charlie Winfield on the Out of Bounds show. Uh, so it's all about arms. Um, and, and probably a little bit of luck in the number four recruiting class. You feel like he'll be back. Um, how much confidence do you have in in the next pitching, you know, that, that Lamonis is, I don't know, shopping on the right aisle as far as the next pitching coach and, and maybe understands exactly what he wants, but more importantly, what you need today in college baseball? Yeah, I'm very confident in that. And I'm also very confident that, you know, one of the things you always hear is when a coach is under pressure that it's hard to go get assistance. But the way you work around that is you have a school that gives the support they need to, that goes the extra mile to help you bring in that coach. And I am 100% confident that Mississippi State, as an institution, is going to do what it has to to support him in finding the right coach. And I am highly confident that Chris Lamontis understands what he needs in that pitching coach. And you really need two things in my mind. First, you need somebody who can develop guys that can bring in a mentality, an attack to zone mentality, not an idea of fool everybody, you know, enough with the three, two change-ups with bases empty, you know, now and then just beat a guy with a fastball. I think you got to have that. The second thing you got to have is a guy who's got some credibility with the professional professional baseball right because you got to be able to say to recruits i can get you there i can get you there mississippi state's you know gotten some pitchers there and look you've got a place here if you can perform here then you can perform anywhere and so i think i think mississippi state is going to do what it has to do to get that result okay a lot of times charlie whatever fan base goes overboard in what they need You know, people, oh, you need 15 pitchers. Well, that's not going to happen. That's nonsense. At the end of the day, when you look at starters, mid-relievers, a closer, I mean, a handful of guys could be the difference in dropping 34 or 35 wins next year. And maybe not hosting, but definitely punching a number two seat on the road, right? You know, yeah, absolutely. And, And I'll give you a case in point. Arkansas took two or three from South Carolina this weekend. They threw five guys. You know, and obviously you need more than five, 
But what Arkansas – and Arkansas, I think, built their team. I think Dave Van Horn ought to be coach of the year this year. Yes. Probably won't be, but he should. And he, if you go and you look, their lineup is just okay. It's just okay. You've got a shortstop hitting 200, a catcher hitting 180, who are elite defenders. And then they have a lot of guys on the mound. Hagen Smith is really good. Holland on the back end was great yesterday, but normally just good. They got a lot of guys who are upper middle, a lot of guys who are just above average. And the thing they do is they throw strikes and they play defense. And in college baseball, if you can do those two things, you can win. And you and that then brings you to another point. Mississippi State hadn't played great defense this year, but they've been playing better. Mershon mm-hmm. was not good at third. He's been good at short. I mean, mm-hmm. take out the highlight play uh, where he didn't see the ball off the bat the other night. But Mershon has made the plays for the most part, and increasingly so. Um, Bo, there was a play at the end of the game, and I know I sent you a message about this. Last at bat yesterday, you know, Nixon comes in. He's pitching back-to-back days. He's on fumes. He's struggling to find the zone, but he's just competing. He'd walked a guy, so he got a man on first, one down. LSU hits a fly ball to right. The runner was stealing. And a lot of times people talk about, hey, we don't work on the fundamentals. Well, instead of looking at that ball, instead of seeing where it was, Amani Larry is faking that he's fielding a ground ball. Mershon is faking as if he has taken the throw. That freezes the runner an extra just uh, just half a second, a fraction of a second. But it was the difference in Kellen Clark making the catch and doubling off the runner at first base. And so that was a veteran play. And that's one easy and a big moment to look the other way. And so... Look, let me let me be clear, Bo. I'm not I'm not at all trying to sell you on. Hey, man, everything's great. No worries. No, 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 no. There's a lot of work to do. I want to be clear about that. But what I'm saying is, I've seen the work and I've seen some of that improvement. Okay. Out of bounds. 105.9 The Zone. ESPN. Charlie Winfield joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. So there's a lot going on. You mentioned you don't know what's going to happen with Gotro. Um, and then. What do you think Chris Lamonis's timeline is on a pitching coach? Their season will end, we think, Saturday unless they sweep and Georgia-Missouri fall apart and get swept. So, how, how, what do you think the what do you think Chris's timeline is next week? You know, this may turn out to be a little bit like Zach Arnett, the offensive coordinator that the harder we watch, the more it seemed not to come. And and then one day out of nowhere, it shows up. Um, I think the challenge for Chris Lamonis and anybody is you would love to be targeting somebody who's kind of busy the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you would love to have the problem of going after a coach who's going to be in a conference tournament and a regional and things of that nature. Um so, I mean, look, I think it's safe to say the evaluation, the ideas, all those things, pretty well developed. But I think in terms of getting a coach named and where you are, I think it is going to be a function of who you get and what are they doing. Okay, so postseason play. Um, yeah. But the portal opens before, like May 28th. So that's a, you know, that's, that's a tough deal. Um, now, the hitters... Okay, so one of the focuses is to keep Highfield, Dakota, Mershon, and Hunter Hines and a couple others, right? 
Yeah, and I think Mississippi State's in um, – I think they expect those guys to be back and be wearing maroon and white again. I, you know, college baseball, obviously, we've seen transfers. We've seen guys go in the portal. Um, we saw the two middle infielders from Kansas last year up at Tennessee and Arkansas. And how did Kansas lost with those guys? I'm still not sure. But let's <laughs> talk about bad. But you go and you look. This is a – I think most SEC teams aren't seeing their guys going in the portal. Does it happen? Sure. But I think what you're really seeing is guys from BCU, guys from Ball State, they're trying to make that jump up. Guys from Lipscomb to say, hey, I'm bigger and better than that. Does the other happen? Absolutely, particularly at a grad transfer level. But I think Mississippi State's in as good a shape as they can be in. Um, so, I mean, Mershon could be special, don't you think? Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Does he become a second baseman down the road? Bulldogs have a couple of really good uh, shortstops that are in the signing class. And so all that's to say, you have to short, sort out a little bit where everybody goes. But the thing about Mershon, you know, his dad played pro ball, his uncle played pro ball, he's got two brothers that play pro ball. He is an extremely grounded person. He is, I mean, you talk about like a solid guy. And he is, he's a bit of a the basketball, whatever basketball you call a gym rat, whatever that is for baseball, that's what he is. He is, he's just a ball player. He doesn't get distracted by things off the field, and he he's got a chance to be really special. Uh, what about Dakota Jordan? Let's let's talk about as far as, I mean, everybody starts with Raffi and Will, but as far as his his bat and hitting talent, how would you frame that up? Man, that talent is just off the charts. It, it's um, you look at that swing and you look at the damage he can do to a baseball. And what you see is a guy you really hope can make that leap from freshman to sophomore. We've heard a million times in a lot of sports that that's where you see guys make their biggest leap. And so what you hope for him is that you can take that raw talent and refine it a little bit more, and that when you're sitting here next year, you're seeing a guy who's all of a sudden you're arguing about whether he's a 1-1, meaning first round, first pick. But, look, Dakota Jordan yesterday, you don't win without him. He goes three for five, has five RBIs. I mean, the guy was absolutely instrumental in, in winning that game. He had a big hit the day before. So, you know, you look at this, how many times do you have a freshman hitting in the cleanup spot in a game in Alex Box Stadium? That's a, that's a pretty big deal. Okay, so somebody like Tyler Davis, he's a junior. He's not going to be a high pick in the draft. Um, and But you lose your leverage if you don't go. Um, would you think there's a shot at – because he's trending the right way, what, the last four weeks or so? Um, yeah, no, absolutely he is. So he can gobble up any innings for you next year, maybe even at a, at a higher level. You mentioned – um, was it Liebelt? Liebelt? I remember him. Yeah, Jared Liebelt. Yeah, Liebelt. Yeah, yeah, I remember his dad on Twitter. Um, uh, do you think, well, that's just what came to my mind. Blake's <laughs> like, what? So. Yeah, like riding motorcycles and stuff. Exa- it was an interesting follow-up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, the, uh, Tyler Davis, you, you make a run at him to come back? What do you think? I'm sorry, say, asking me again who? Tyler Davis, you make a run yeah. at him? 
Yeah, and I think let me tell you why. Because you've got um, look at what he's done the past few times out. You know, he had the rough, rough outing against Vanderbilt back at the end of March. I think gave up five runs, didn't get an out. It was not good against Kentucky the week before, but Tennessee um, two and two thirds, one hit, doesn't allow a run. Um, then this past weekend, four innings pitched, doesn't allow a run. And so at LSU, so you're talking about at Tennessee, at LSU, six and two-thirds, three hits, no runs. Um, is that something you can work with? Yeah, I think it is. I think the talent was there for Tyler Davis. There was just a big adjustment phase that had to get made. Charlie Winfield on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Blake, come on in here. Yeah, Charlie, this is uh, maybe too loaded of a question, but it's what everybody wants oh, to know. Oh, here we go. If, you, if Foxhall was the pitching coach and it was his concepts and theories driving both the in-game pitching decisions and also the evaluation, do you believe that Chris Limonis, well, was Chris Limonis heavily involved in evaluating and point picking out the pitchers that they have currently signed? And if he wasn't, will he become more so, or will that pretty much be left to the pitching coach, kind of like we see in football, OCDC style. Now, I think what you're going to see from here is Chris Lamontis being more involved. Um, it's it's one of those things you love to give your guys room. You love to give your guys, your coaches, you know, what was the thing we ba- bragged on Leach about? He let Arnett handle the defense. That's great. Well, it's great when it works. And then, <laughs> then all of a sudden, uh, now, we, now you're just being lazy and not doing it enough. So, um, I think you're going to see Chris Lamonis be more and more involved. And I think what you have seen is a, a staff, you know, if you want to identify what the changes have been, think about this weekend now that Chris Lamonis has kind of been more in charge. You saw Colby Holcomb go out there uh, in a ball game, hit two guys, come out immediately. Uh, they tried to go to KC Hunt yesterday. KC had pitched two innings in the ball game Saturday. They tried to go back to him yesterday, walks one guy on four pitches, he's out. It, what's the thing that you can hear people in the crowd, you know, get off the bucket, go pull the guy. You should have got him out before. I think you're seeing a change in the way this pitching staff is being managed uh, since Chris Lamonis has become more involved. And I can guarantee you what, whoever comes in here, what you're going to see is much more of a pitching staff that's on the attack and not worried about being hit. But it may be a couple of weeks after Mississippi State ends their season, just depending on who all he's targeting. And like you said, if they're continuing to advance in the postseason. No, that, that's absolutely right. Maybe a while, but, you know, what is it? Good things come to those who wait, right? Okay. All right. We'll leave it there. Charlie Winfield believes that Lamonis is coming back, that he can hire a, a good pitching coach, and that they can turn a lot of this around. Obviously, they've got a core group. Um, coming back that you feel confident in to to turn it around. Charlie, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Charlie Winfield uh, calls 25, 30 games a year, Mississippi State baseball, and obviously heads up the Bulldog Initiative, which is the collective for, for NIL, for all the sports. He'll be very busy. He's been busy. Both Walker Jones and Charlie Winfield have been busy with uh, Chris Jans and Chris Beard, right? That's been wild to see all the – the big men come in, and also the guards the last uh, week, week and a half, two weeks. And then now you got baseball porter, portal coming up, I think May 28th. See how that looks. Now, Charlie makes a great point. Dudes don't usually leave SEC teams and 
Ross Highfield, Dakota Jordan, Marshawn, Hunter Hines, and a couple, they played a ton of baseball. And let's be honest, even though they're not winning, it's a good place to play. Yeah. I mean, you are a, and look, let's also be, you're a star in town yeah. on campus. And those those guys are all good. And the vibe also Actually, in the locker room is probably they all not have a chance to be out. This is great. Hunter's already been one. Dakota will be a freshman All American. Ross Highfield totally changed his catching game the last whatever mm-hmm. six eight weeks. Marshawn's been a freak. You're talking about all worthy of freshman All American yeah. honors. Yeah, Marshawn Highfield. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Uh, well, my point was to the the vibe in the locker room may not be the vibe of the fan base. That's a great point. People you said that, that before the show. You got to give. We like to sometimes harp on the negative. Here on this show and as sports fans yeah. having a beer later this afternoon. Not only did they not give up, they took it to an LSU team that was in their house that yeah. had all the advantages. That on, had, yeah, on paper should have waxed you. Yeah. Yeah. So he hasn't lost the team. They're playing their tails off. They made big plays at critical times, both on the mound and in the field and at the plate. I, it, it may not. Your coffee may not be exactly where you want it, but uh, there is something to that as far as. Um, and then, the, look, and those that have decided he needs to go, you're not going to change their mind. So it is what it is. But I think people are. Zach Selman never wanted to do this in the first place. Heck Why would no. you? You just got here in January. He is a national championship coach and so on. Yeah. And so. This is different if you, like, became the AD at, like, I'm trying to think. I guess if Tim Corbin somehow fell apart, right? Where it's like, you've got a history of winning or something like that. And then it's like, hey, you got to pull that guy. You go get somebody else. But he's your only national title coach. It's why Keith Carter is praying beyond all things that Mike Bianco suddenly gets it right next year again. Right. And that they start winning again and he doesn't have to deal with this. Right. Because he doesn't want to fire Mike Bianco. I promise you he doesn't want to fire Mike Bianco. No. And Zach Selman did not want to be on the job for about 30 seconds and then fire the only guy who's ever brought you hardware in the history of your school. All right. So, Lamonis, we know we're going to have a change on the staff. We already, you know, we have an opening. We'll see what Gotro does. We'll see if it's an automatic cheese bro gets promoted or if, if Gotro also moved on. Not he's not getting fired. He may be hiring three positions because now you get a third paid assistant. That's right. So he's not only hiring a pitching coach, but depending on what Gotro does and then what you do with Cheesebro, I mean, you may be hiring one, two, or even if Cheesebro somehow took a different, you have three jobs. You just don't right. even know. Right. Um, there's a ton of change coming in Startville, rightfully so. I think my question now is, will there be change in oh, Oxford? Yeah. Lafferty. And Clement, 16 years and nine years. Or can he get away with hiring a pitching coach as the third assistant but, and not getting rid of the other two but guys? But at 55, 56 years old, is Mike going to let anybody coach the pitcher? Well, it doesn't matter. All he has to do is make the hire, right? That's true. All right. Lunch today is brought to you by Bulldog Burger. They've got some new menu items. Uh, my brother and I were there last Friday or Thursday. Fantastic. I got the chicken sliders. Great. Fried chicken sliders. Um, obviously, they have the spring rolls which Blake loves, so do I. I paired it with some onion rings. Bulldog Burger, Lake Harbor in Ridgeland. Bulldog Burger in Starkville. And Bulldog Burger in Tupelo. That interview was brought to you by Bulldog Burger in their three locations in Mississippi. If you missed anything, go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify 
Search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds.